Hello, welcome to another episode of the Backcheck the Hockey History podcast, where we discuss cases for the Hockey Hall of Fame. My name is Riley, and over there is Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how about you? I'm doing great, thanks. And today we have an episode about guys who didn't play that much in the NHL. Um, and we are doing this episode in honor of Vaclav Nedomansky being inducted in 2019. And so today our eligible player is Ulf Nilsson. Our recently inducted player is, of course, Vaclav Nedomansky. And then our old-timer, um, who will be a... Well, I don't know how interesting a case he actually will be, but maybe an interesting case, <laughs> is uh, Ty Arbor, who is not in the Hall of Fame. But we're talking about him... Um, because, as you'll see, he has a, a distinctive career outside of the NHL. So, uh, to start off, we have Ulf Nilsson, one of the great players in WHA history, um, who, uh, uh, much like Nedomansky, was a, uh, was one of the first European players to come over um, and play in the uh, the North American leagues. So, he, um, he had a brief NHL career. He played... Um, four seasons, three of which were quality, and he only had 169 points in those years, um, in a, but in 170 games. So he was a point-a-game player, though it was the late 70s and early 80s. And, um, of course, he was not drafted. Um, he played so little, so it's, it's really, it's hard to uh, sort of put his career in context the way we always do with everybody, but we're going to try um, and it's basically, uh, if you, so if you, uh, if you put the qualifier, uh, qualifier, oh my God, I can't talk, qualifier <laughs> at 160 games, which is two seasons between 1978 and 83, Nilsson is 182nd goals, 148th in assists and 160th in points but to show how hurt he was and how he was actually not as bad as that. He is 87th in goals per game, 29th in assists per game, and 16th in points per game. So okay. he was one of the best 16 players in the league in that span by points per game anyway. It's yeah. just that he was hurt a lot. And this yeah, is so one that, of the things. Sorry. That's okay. It's interesting that you talk about his uh, his injuries. Now, uh, his playing career happened, well, a good chunk of it happened before either one of us were born. Yeah. So obviously we're going by, you know, uh, sort of those NHL legends and old old clips and stuff, but um, his uh, his injury like he um, he and um, and Hedberg uh, ended up signing in the uh, in the National Hockey League for the Rangers, yeah. um, which weakened the WHA because like they're taking two of their best players because they were on those Jets teams that won yeah. the Av- Avco Avco Cup with uh, Bobby Hull. Yeah. Um, uh, and so they, they ended up going to, you know, playing Madison square garden. Um, but, uh, Nilsson, when he started his NHL career, ended up getting hurt and it was yeah. two like super significant injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one is actually the originator of the pot van sucks chant, which they yes. still do at Madison square garden. He yes. got his leg caught in the ice and his pot van hit him. And he was basically all of his weight was on one leg and <laughs> it was a really bad ankle injury. Um, yeah. And it, somebody finally asked him about it back in 2009, and he said that, uh, you know, Potvin was always a pretty fair player, uh, but the ice at the Garden was always pretty bad because they had basketball, other events. So when his foot got caught, it was a freak thing. And I'm like, 
I haven't seen that clip. Like, I think I saw it once, but it's been a really long time. Yeah. But it kind of reminds me of like that, almost like that Alex McGilney one where somebody pushed him. And oh, yeah, like, yeah. Strapped and yeah. couldn't move. And it's like, oh, God. But I think the McGilney one's a hundred times worse. But yeah. um, still, a lot of people thought it was a dirty, like intentional thing by Padme. So they yeah. still have a chant at every Rangers Hope game <laughs> this many years later, right? Like, it's a tradition at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he hurt his knee again when he was uh, representing Sweden at the 81 Canada Cup, and he missed the entire 81-82 season. Um, so, you know, like, you got to kind of look at this guy maybe as like, a, he could have been Whoa. way, you know, like way more evident as like, a, wow, he did the same things in the NHL that he did in the WHA, but he ended up getting those injuries, right? So Exactly. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why I thought we should talk about him, because as, as we will see when we get to his WHA numbers... They are insane. And he, yeah. as much as he did play four seasons in the NHL, well, sort of four parts of four seasons over five years, he really yeah. wasn't the same guy. He was not only was he older, I mean, he was only in his late 20s. He wasn't, Nedimansky was significantly older when Nedimansky came into the NHL. But like, yeah, Nielsen was not the same player. And so, well, we'll talk about it later. Whether or not we should judge him just on his NHL performance is a big question. Yeah. So, I mean, his his NHL career was fine, if if you if you don't I mean aside from its length because like you know he was his eighty game they played eighty games back then so his eighty game average is seventy nine points plus fourteen you know very respectable yeah. you know it's Absolutely. not like it's not all star uh, I mean it would be excellent now back yeah. then it was less than amazing it was still first line but it wasn't like all star yeah. because like you know that was the late seventies um, but you know, he he uh, his playoff numbers are a little bit worse, but like that's to be expected uh, because it's the playoffs. But he was still 22 points in 25 games plus three. I mean, yeah. nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not um, at all. But it's actually, it's, for the playoffs, that's actually usually pretty terrific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he 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 does get penalized a lot by the ref, uh, the hockey reference adjustment. So yeah. his uh, his adjusted 82 game average is 68 points now. We've talked about plenty of guys who who have an adjusted 82 game average of 60 something points who are in and not in, um, but like it definitely hurts him. Like he definitely played in a high scoring era, and so that's something to keep in mind. Um, mm-hmm. He was he played for the Rangers. He was never uh, he was never traded um, after he chose to join the Rangers as as you mentioned, Bill, from leaving the WHA. Um, yeah. But his NHL career is, is was relatively brief. It's his his WJ career was relatively brief too because he and Hedberg chose to leave. However, yeah. um, it was uh, good, is one yes. way of putting it. Um, uh, very good, I would say. Well, that was I was uh, I was exa- uh, the opposite of exaggerating. I was deliberately understating. Um, so he is fourth all time in assists in WHA history. He is tenth all time in points. Uh, he's plus two ten in three hundred games. So plus 210 in 300 games is uh, wow. kind of insane. Um, he's 10th all-time in goals per game, and he's first all-time in assists per game and points per game. Yeah. So he is excellent. Now, I, w- I should mention that um, he, is, he, is, uh, he is not on the leaderboard for games played for the WHA. So even though he is first all-time in, in points per game and assists per game, some of that is because his career, Probably it's one of those chicken the egg things, right? Like, yeah, 
if he had played two more seasons in the WHA, would he still be first in points per game? We don't know. Um, he might have, especially if he'd had an, his knee injury in the WHA. Who knows? But, yes. like, yeah. when he left, he was the all-time leader, and nobody came along and bettered that. Like, I don't know. I don't think Gretzky qualifies for the leaderboards Probably the WHA because he didn't play long enough, yeah. but I don't know where Gretzky's numbers would be because he was also Please. Gretzky was 18 or 17 or something. I think, he, yeah, I think he was like 16 or 17. They're like, you can't even play in the juniors anymore. You're too good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you would have to assume Gretzky would have destroyed that points per game. You would have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, if he, if he stuck around, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just like, want to bring up the yeah. – I'm going to bring up the uh, the games played list just to see where – I forgot to write down where he is um, because he's um, – you know, obviously that affects how we view his points per game. Yeah, so he's not um, – so the guy who is 50th all time in, in uh, games played for the WJ played 85 more games than Nilsson did. Wow. Okay. So he, so he's his numbers are skewed slightly by the fact that he played in only 300 games. But yeah, okay. He is still the, you know, he qualifies for the leaderboard, and he's the, he is at least by per game, the best player in WJ history. If you want to, you know, go by points per game. Rather than yeah, and he's uh, he's in the uh, the WHA Hall of Fame. And yeah, he was an inaugural member. So I mean, uh, he's in the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame. Like he's he's an important guy. And like you know, he played on those awesome Jets teams. I mean, there's there's something to be said for that. Like I, obviously Bobby Hull is the big driving force of like the Jets being fantastic. But uh, but Nilsson was named the uh, WHA Playoff MVP one of those years. He scored 26 points in just 13 games in the 76 yeah. playoffs. Uh, like, that's pretty significant. You're the yeah. playoff MVP and you have Bobby Hull on your team. Like, the, the team's named after him for crying out loud. Yeah. Like, they're the Jets because of him. So, yeah. that's really saying something if you win the MVP over that guy, you know? So, so are you ready for some video game numbers? Absolutely. So, his 80-game average for his career in the WHA... 38 yep. goals, 92 assists, 129 points, plus 56. That's pretty good, I hear. <laughs> that 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 is uh that is for his entire WHA career. That is his 80 game wow. average. Now I don't think he ever played a full season. Yeah. Oh uh, well, yeah, he always he always missed at least two games due to injury. Um, and it's worth noting also in the NHL he never played more than 59 games in a. Um, in a season, which is one of the reasons why he played a few games. Um, Man, no wonder Don Cherry says those Swedes are so soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm being facetious. Please don't yeah. send me angry emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, his his three-year peak, which is obviously only one year less, it's up to 132 points per 80 games and plus 59. Um, his playoff numbers are bonkers. Uh, he is first all-time in, in assists in the history of the WHA and fifth all-time in uh, points, plus 25 in 42 games, 67 points in 42 games. He is also shocking everybody who's listened to this. He is first all-time in playoff assists per game and points per game in the WHA. So, again, and that, yeah. that's and that's a more compelling case, right? Because the, yeah. as much as the playoffs are, you know, the guys who are on the bad teams don't get to play in the playoffs. The fact that he is also the career leader in 
uh, playoff APG and PPG suggests that like his his regular season numbers are not a fluke, um, and that he is uh, you know he was one of the best players in the league, if not among the very 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 best, you know, the top couple, yeah. whatever. Whether it's him and and Hull and Hedberg and Gordy Howe and who else? Um, so prior to the WHA, he played in the hockey hockey at ten. And this is where things get really confusing, because here's the thing. The hockey attend still exists. I'm butchering the pronunciation, and I apologize. I don't know how to say it. It still exists. But in the 1960s and 70, up until 1974 or 75 or something, maybe even 76, uh-huh. it was the premier hockey league in Sweden. But they introduced additional ones later. I believe it is now the number three league. But it's the same league, and they've kept their stats. So, like, you have this weird thing where, like, you can't evaluate his career because there are these guys who have played way more and scored way more, but they're they're playing in the, like, third-level Swedish league now, you know? Like, it's, it's like, it's where, so, like, you see a lot of, like, current NHLers on the leaderboards for it yeah. because they were there it's like the level they go to i guess after junior or something before they're brought up to the big club or something yeah so okay, i was looking so this like that so so it's uh i'm trying to remember that man i should know this but i don't <laughs> like i should know it off the top of my head so they used to be the sel was the swedish elite league yeah and then they had like a league just below that and i can't remember the name of that one and now it's the i think it's called the shl the swedish hockey league yeah. And then they've got the, I think it's, I can't pronounce Swedish, but I'm going to take a guess. I think it's the, it's called the Allen, Allen Scaven. Okay. Or something like that. I think that's the league just below. I remember because I was following uh, the career of one Pontus Aberg a few years ago, and I really thought he was going to hit. I just loved his one-timer and the way he played and stuff. Okay. And he showed up for Nashville in one of the playoffs, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, scored this amazing goal. I'm like, that's the guy I've seen before. But he, I think it's called the Allen Scoffin, but I can't. I'm sure okay. I'm pronouncing it wrong. But yeah. uh, that's the, the lead. I guess that's the modern iteration of the old sort of, you're not on the junior team, but you're in like the second tier, and you're about to yeah, go yeah. the first year. Anyway, all this is just to say that I have no idea how his numbers in the hockey attend count, like what they mean, because yeah, he he. Uh, the other thing is that the I so I was looking on um, like Euro Hockey or whatever it's called where the stats are, and like the stats. First of all, the stats are totally incomplete. Sometimes they have yeah. like a bunch for a year, and sometimes they don't. But the other thing is reading it was really confusing because sometimes it seemed like they played the same number of regular season games as playoff games. So there'd be like 14 regular season games and 14 playoff games, which doesn't make any sense. And I don't know if that was just like, there's a programming error in the way it was displayed or what, but basically I'm going to read out some numbers and I don't know what they mean. Um, what you're what you're saying is we need a Swede to inf- yeah. an older Swede to inform us. Yes, well, because that's the thing is this was the top, this was the elite Saren, or however you pronounce okay. it, of its day. Yeah, that's pretty good, I think. But the annoying thing is that it still exists, and then and so like Nilsson's numbers in it are now compared to guys who are playing in in it now, where it is no longer the elite, the level of the elite Saren, and or Siren or however you pronounce it. 
And so it's like there's all these guys who have played who have way, way more points. Like, like Nielsen's career numbers in it are 81 points in 97 games, which seems like that's not very much. Yeah. But there are guys who have played like hundreds of games in this league now because it has a completely different function than it did yes, in the absolutely. 60s. And the, and the thing is, too, like it's it's really hard with the European leagues because we just we know so little. There's no footage. Yeah. We don't know sort of like the, the stats are either incomplete or the era has changed. And like even now, like you watch a guy like Kovalchuk or I bet you even a, even a Vechkin, if he went over to the KHL. I think we can all agree, and I'm probably going to upset some Russian listeners, that the overall quality of player is inferior to the NHL because we have all the best Russian players over in the NHL, yeah. most, mostly. Um, there are still some fine players over there. They're very good. But it's a, because of the international ice surface and just the style of play, it's a way more defensive league. Like, very yeah. rarely is a player above a point a game. Like, well, yeah, exactly. You're like, doing that, you're, you're a Radulov. You're like, you're shredding it. So it's it's just a very defensive minded like let's control the pace sort of play and there are some very good Russian goalies these days too which is probably a factor as well but like it's a completely different style of game and it does not reflect the normal points so if you look at a guy in Russia and he's a point a game you're just like so what like it's a it's a worse league like it's not a worse league it's a way different league and yeah. so therefore those point totals don't mean what they would mean in the NHL so cool. it's who knows what was going on in that league at that time? Maybe it was really defensive-minded, and we just don't know. So I, I remember when Ovechkin was coming in, I looked at his Russian stats, and I'm like, this guy? He doesn't yeah. score that much? What the hell? Yeah. But it's just that's the nature of the KHL, at least at the time, yeah. right? Like, it wasn't It really sport. is. It, well, it's one of those, like, that flawed argument people were making when, like, the NHL started changing all its arenas in the 90s. And they're like, we should make them all Olympic ice size. We're like, Whoa, no, we should not. And they're like, the Olympics is incredible. But like, yeah, it's best on best. So everybody's yeah. flying and it's all the best guys. You put like, I don't want to say plugs, but like you put like regular third and fourth liners on a big ice surface like that. It's different now because most guys can really skate now. But like it, it's a different style of game. And it's really easy to just say, we're going to clog up the middle of the ice. If we have a great goalie, you're only going to score one or two goals on us. And so it becomes a little more sort of soccerish of just like you dance around the perimeter all you want. Your chances, like your high quality chances, are going down for sure. Yeah, it's just yeah. easier to defend when you can focus on the middle of the ice. So, yeah. um, because so anyway, not, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a big. No, 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 no. <laughs> no and like it's it's a good point because like you know it's you look at these numbers and you think this guy was recruited by the WHA, like yeah. he was the star. Because it's like 81 points in 97 games, and then 62 points in 72 playoff games. It just doesn't seem that impressive. One of the other things that suggests that the league is different is, you know, he was a he was a passer in the WHA. Now that's that he was playing with Hull, but yeah. in the in both in in the hockey attack, he was a goal scorer. He has more yeah. goals than assists. Now, some of that could just be down to the way they counted assists. Who the hell knows, right? It could be, or it could just be like, he's like, I'm the best player on this line. I'm going to go score the goals. And then uh, yeah. when he's like, oh, I got Bobby Holt, Bobby Holt to pass to, I think I'm going to slide it over to that guy over there yeah, as yeah. much as I possibly can, you know? Like, Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of players who are sort of underrated as goal scorers, it's like, I'm going to defer to that guy because I've seen him shoot the puck and he's clearly better than I am at shooting. Yeah. But when they don't have that guy, all of a sudden they start scoring their own goals. And it's a, it's a thing I... I sort of noticed a lot when I, you know, as a Canucks fan, I watched the Sedins, right? And there was one year where Daniel was out for 
a good 20, 30 games with a knee injury. And so Henrik was like started the season by himself without Daniel. And he was scoring like all kinds of goals. I'm like, yeah, shoots the puck. And it's just like, well, he doesn't have the guy to pass to. So he's just going to shoot instead. And it turns out he he's pretty good. <laughs> he's all right. He just defers to the guy that is either slightly or much better at shooting. So like, it's kind of one of those things you're like, oh, maybe that guy is like, if you put him on an Island by himself on like an expansion team or a crap team, you might have just been like, I'm going to do it all myself. I have nobody to play with. And like, wow, that guy's incredible. It's like, yeah, yeah. So maybe like, I feel like a lot of passers get sort of like, oh, well, he's just a passer. It's like, nah, he's probably a more complete hockey player than you think. He just doesn't trust his own shot enough to score when he realizes he has better options and he's pretty selfless about it, you know? So um, I, I have a soft spot for the really good passers. I don't know why, but. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I, I'm not a particular, like, when I played hockey, I was a particularly terrible passer myself. So I don't know why I have that soft spot. Maybe it's because I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So his accomplishments um, in the NHL, he had basically one, one to two years where, like I, I said before, he never played a, anywhere near a full season, but he was still top 10 in assists per game once, and he scored 25 goals once. He had a 60-point season that year, that, his best year. Um, but like like we said, you know, he was he, he never even played in 60 games in a season. So, you know, the year he put up 58 points, for example, he only played in 50 games. Man. Um, but in the WHA, that is very different. So as Bill mentioned, uh, he was the WHA playoff MVP in 1976. Um, we don't, there is no, that I'm aware of, there's no voting information on the, the regular season WHA awards. So we don't know uh, how well he, uh, he did. Um, you would have to assume quite like he must have been near the top. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and because he led the WHA in assists twice, and he was top five every season he was in the WHA, he led it in uh, assists per game three times, and again was top five every season. He was top five in points every season he was in the league, and he was top five in points per game every season he was in the league. So, you know. Again, this is a very good player. He was also first-team All-Star twice and second-team once. I don't know why that fourth year he wasn't an All-Star. Um, it was his first year that he wasn't an All-Star, so who the hell knows why he wasn't. Maybe yeah, the WHA didn't even have All-Stars that season. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> they probably didn't even know who he was, and they're like, Swedish? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just it looking to see if they, list the, uh, if they list who was All-Stars that season. And I don't know. They actually might not have had end of season all stars, and maybe that's why he wasn't on those teams. Um, because uh, he is not. They're not listed. Oh no, no, my mistake. Yeah, he just didn't make it. Um, Are they all Canadian though? <laughs> no, no. Hedberg, Hedberg is second team oh, all star okay. that year, but everyone else is Canadian. He's the only. Hedberg's the only one who isn't Canadian. Every, the yeah, rest they're of probably them are. like, hey, 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 we already put one suite on there. Let's settle yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he uh, I mean, he only had 120 points in 78 games that season. So, oh, yeah. piece of cake, you know? Like, all oh, these Swedes with their newfangled spinning around and doing yeah. weed stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the other thing is, uh, in Hockey Atan or Hockey Etan or who the hell knows how to pronounce him. He did have so he was top five in goals once, top ten assists once, and top five in points once, which again doesn't sound very impressive. But keep in mind, a, I was working off very incomplete stats. I have no idea how accurate they are. 
Yeah. Um, as we will see with Netomansky, the information about the weirdly the information about the Czechoslovakian league was way better than the really. The Swedish league. Yeah. Um, ah, I I know why. Why? Soviet efficiency. Yeah, communism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do we call that, kids? Communism. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So who knows whether or not he was actually just had one good season in the hockey attend. Um, it's really impossible to know. The fact yeah. that he was recruited to play in North America suggests that he probably had more than one good season and his yeah, numbers or at least that he was finally coming into his own you know yeah and his numbers don't vary year to year that much like there's two years in a row he had 18 points in 14 games in the uh in the reg- so-called regular season so like how he was like not top in both of those years i don't know i just didn't have i didn't have enough information to say he was so that's why i i didn't but who the hell knows basically we don't we have no idea so, uh, he has had some success, uh, uh, team success, I mean. So, he was a top three forward on a, um, a conference finalist, the 81 Rangers. And unfortunately, he was hurt on the 79 Rangers who went to the cup final. And he missed 16 games. So, oh, um, because of that. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was, ha- it was over half the playoffs, yeah. And he was a he was well over a point he was over a point per game in the games he did play, so it's reasonable yeah. to assume that had had he not been hurt the whole time he would have been one of the best players on that team that almost won the cup. But well, keep in keep in mind those Rangers played the Habs too. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I was being almost charitable, but you cool. know, went 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 to the went to the final. Yes, went to the final and then got smoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know how many games the Rangers lo- uh, lost that final. In oh, I'm, I'm sure it was four zip. I'm absolutely sure they got swept. Um, I, I haven't even looked it up, and I'm almost positive that's exactly what happened. Because I was, I was reading a thing a little while ago about Don Cherry and how mad he was. Because that was the infamous, the uh, the too many men on the bench game was yeah, the one yeah. that like was the game seven between the Habs and Bruins. And they're like, yeah, yeah we're going to play the Rangers. We're going to destroy them in the final. Like so, whoever won that was going to win the cup for sure. So two things. First of all, you were absolutely correct. It, he missed all but two games in that playoff. So I was wow. actually looking at the wrong playoff numbers when I said he, it was over half. The, but the other thing is the Rangers did win one game in that series. Oh man. The Habs must've fallen asleep for a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, so they won, um, they won the first game 4-1. Presumably. What? Yeah. Presumably Montreal because the Montreal, Boston. the Canadians were just like, yeah, we don't, we just beat the Islanders and we don't care. No, no, we just, we just beat the Bruins and we don't care. Uh, 79. I'm looking at it right now. Really? I thought, I thought that last, that, that was no. the, the Don Cherry. Oh, sorry. Game. Sorry. My, yeah. The Rangers beat the Islanders. That's what I'm looking yes. at. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, that 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 that's fine. It's just uh, forgot who I, I was. I was almost. Yeah, no, you were. Now, you, now you, I am 100 yeah. percent confident that yes, that was 79 was the last game that uh, Cherry coached for the Bruins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, I guess that, 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 like that infamous like in Montreal, that game gets played like all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It never ends, right? <laughs> Yeah, so the, yeah, they just—I guess—they just showed up, and like Montreal was like, "Oh, we're gonna walk over them," and then the yeah, Rangers were like, "No, you're Montreal not." Montreal was probably really tired from beating Boston because that was yeah. like an all-time like 
tight series, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have too many men on the ice penalty and a, like a crazy goal you can't believe. And then they finally won in overtime. Like it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> so, um, in the WHA, Nielsen, of course, as we mentioned, won the MVP on uh, the AVCO Cup champions in 1976. He also was one of the best players on the AVCO Cup champion in 1978. And he was one of the best players on the AVCO Cup runner-up in 1977. So they were, as Bill alluded to earlier, they were the dominant team of the WHA during that period. They won, they were in three finals in a row and won two of the Cups or, uh, in those years. And Nielsen was one of the best players in all three teams. Yeah. But he only won the MVP once. Um, terrible. Um, oh, yes. And, well, yeah, you know, it's it's tough when Bobby Hull's on your team and he might be winning the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Someone would assume, right? Yeah, I would assume. I, I, I don't, don't, I don't actually know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who won. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the hockey reference has been fiddling with the WHA information lately and it's moving around and it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. So, um, And then in, in the Swedish league, uh, we don't, we can't confirm that he won anything. Uh, it sure looks as though he he might have at least gone to a final because he played so many playoff games. Like he, as as I read out earlier, he played almost as many playoff games as he did regular season games in that league. So presumably, at some point, that meant he went to the championship. But like as far as I know, he didn't win a game or win the win a championship because the club he was on didn't had didn't win any in that span. That's the only thing I can confirm. So who the hell knows? Um, they were a good team. They were in the playoffs every year. But who the hell knows what that means? Because, like I said, they often played the same number of playoff games as they did. Uh, like, maybe it was like the early NHL where they just had two parts of the season. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the early NHL, before they had uh, before they had playoffs, what they would do is they'd split it in half. They'd play, like, ten games and then ten games, and then whoever won the first half of the season would play whoever won the second half of the season for the for the right to play for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the way no baseball used to do it, too. Yeah, yeah. no sense. Uh, but um, I think that's how minor league baseball did it for a little while. Okay. Um, like, play and stuff. Um, yeah, so I just looked it up. Uh, it was not, in fact, Bobby Hull. He never won oh. WHA uh, and playoff MVP. Okay. At least not while they actually gave out an award. I don't know about the early WHA yeah. years, uh, but when they first started giving it out, um, Ulf Nilsson won it the second year that they actually gave it out. They gave it out in 75 to uh, Ron Graham from the Houston Arrows. Goalie, uh, right? 76 was uh, Ulf Nilsson. 77 was Serge Bernier from the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah. Um, 78 was Robert Guindon from the Winnipeg Jets. I don't and even know who that is. Neither do I. And 1979 was Rich Preston of the Winnipeg Jets. And then the league went tits up. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Uh, I I didn't know who two of those guys were. Um, and, but Bernier, we're gonna talk about Bernier at some point in the future because he also has an interesting career. Um, so lastly, uh, he of um, Nilsson has some international success, uh, but he also has something that should give us some pause, perhaps depending yes. on how we feel it's about steroids. Yeah. So first off, uh, he was probably the best forward on a world championship runner-up team in 73. Um, But the next year, uh, he was suspended for using 
drugs, performance-enhancing drugs, in 1974, the World Championships. And as a result, the game he was caught in before, uh, Sweden vacated, which possibly affected where they ended up in the playoff round, and they oh, ended up coming in, coming in third and winning a bronze. And now, he didn't... You know, you can't rewrite history. Who the hell knows? They might have been a bronze medal team anyway, but they lost the game as a result of his suspension. They, they just yes, and I, I, I would just like to point out that it was not, in fact, steroids. Uh, it was ephedrine. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Or no, just just cause, because, you know, in the early, uh, late 90s, there was that, that big uh, Sports Illustrated article. I think it was written by Farber, but not 100% sure, uh, Michael Farber. Um, and it was like uh, the NHL kind of has this big problem where guys are popping like 15 Sudafeds before a game. Yeah. It's a medication, but it's a stimulant. Yeah. So um, prevents low blood pressure. So it kind of gets you going. Um, and it's I think it's banned in almost every sport now just because also it's super dangerous. Um, but if it's taken by your mouth, it can last to four hours. So basically the entirety of a game. Right. So a lot yeah. of players, it was like this big expose. It's like you walk into a dressing room and there's like a guy has popped an entire, you know, 32 pill caplet thing of ephedrine and he's you know, like Sudafed because that gives him the ephedrine that he needs. And it's like, how bad is this for the guys? Yeah. I mean, nowadays maybe they just drink three Red Bulls and go, or, you know, there's, um, there's an, uh, an NFL thing that they exposed the other day. And I think the NHL has been using it for a long time too, but I think they use a different form, but it's the smelling salt. Yeah. And you'll see the guys on the bench, like they show it. Oh yeah, the they totally they NHL up. uses that. Yeah. You've got this, but the NFL has like, like there was an article I think a year or two ago, and the guys like every sideline is littered with these things. And some guys are like, I've been doing it since I was college. It just sort of, it's like just makes my eyes pop open, and I'm just I'm, I feel really focused for the first like three plays of a drive, and I've just been doing it so long I don't want to stop, and it's not illegal, so I'm going to keep doing it. And it's like, is this like? Apparently, there's no, there's nothing bad in it for you. Almost, I don't want to say it's like greenies, but like, kind of like, it's just like, it's just waking you up. So it's like, you know, there's an old NHL player. I can't remember who it was. He's somebody really good. And he apparently used to drink like 12 cups of black coffee on game day. So he'd be like ultra focused. And I'm like, ultra focused and ultra has to go to the bathroom between every period. Like, how's that not destroying your colon? But yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's all, it's like, maybe at that time, it was like, players are like, there's no rule against it. And it turns out in international sport, yeah, there was. Um, so maybe it was something they all did in the Swedish elite league, or he had just found work for him and was like, oh crap, I didn't know it was illegal. Like, it, yeah. it's definitely not as egregious as like steroids, where it's like, you're stronger, faster, better. It's like, yeah, you were more alert than everyone. It's, to me, that's like a, it's, it's like a stupid form of cheating where you're like, yeah, I probably didn't even need it. It was like psychological more than anything. Um, but you know, I, it's, it's still not as bad as steroids. That's all I wanted to point out. Cause well, I noticed so, like, yeah. So they can burn your nostril if they're too close to your nostril. Okay, uh, okay. And then also, uh, um, it's, it's the dosage for smelling salts that could be a problem. So I guess if you've used like, a large amount of it in a in a specific period, um, um, then you uh, then you would have a problem. But I don't know what the large amount means. Um, yeah, yeah. Fact is, it's a very small amount that you're inhaling. 
yeah. uh, at the time. So, um, but it is, it's ammonia. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was ammonia. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I hate the smell I know, of well. <laughs> I, so, I, I think everyone does, generally speaking, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So, um, should we, should we put off Nielsen until we discuss Nilomansky, just like we sort of did with uh, Leiden and Carboneau, or should we talk? Yes, uh, yes, I think that's exactly what we should do. And also, I'm having a very weird week because uh, this is the second or third time ammonia has come up in my week this week. Very that is, that um, is very weird. That is very strange. Yes. <laughs> so, so next up, we have a guy who was deemed uh, Hall of Fame worthy in 2019. And, well, sorry, it was just it's interesting. Um, he was yeah. certainly an interesting case. I think I think I know the reason, but I will wait. I will wait until the end to state what I think it is the reason. Um, but as you'll see as we go, um, his his career is is kind of similar to Nilsson's um, in in some ways and very different in other ways. So uh, he also played in the NHL around the same time, seventy seven to eighty three in this case instead of seventy eight. To 83, and the difference being that Nenemansky actually played a lot. So he played in 420 games over over one season, one year longer than Nielsen was able to play in 170. You get the idea that you know he was a lot healthier uh, near the tail end of his career. Though he did uh, his last season wasn't super healthy, but he basically played in 80 games in in one season, and he played in 70 something in two others. So he played a lot more. Um, 277 points in 420 games, so a lot fewer. Also a minus 92. But some of that had to do with the fact that he was on the Red Wings in the late 70s. Oh, boy. Who were not good. Yeah, for, for any sort of modern viewers, like, oh, yeah, the Steve Eiserman Red Wings. Like, that was, like, they were putrid for, yeah. Yeah. oh, a few decades there. Like, I would say, what, from, like, the from like the 60s when they had, uh, basically from the, the time Gort, uh, from uh, from the time Gordy Howe left, yeah. uh, that they were just the worst until Steve Eisman showed up. Yeah, basically, <laughs> so, nearly yeah. twenty years. Um, so uh, yeah, so two hundred seventy-seven points minus ninety-two in four hundred twenty games. Um, not not the greatest numbers you've ever seen. Um, now, um, Nenemansky was a lot older than Nilsson. When he came in the league, uh, Nenemansky, when he got into the NHL, was 33, and Nilsson was 28. So that is a big difference, and it's worth keeping in mind when we talk about, you know, uh, uh, why have I lost? I had, a, I had Nenemansky's page, and it's a lot of seconds. It has just disappeared. Well, no, it, my forward button went gray. Um, it wouldn't let me go back to Nenemansky. Anyway. Um, so of the, f- of the four players who were 30 and older to play in at least 400 games, uh, five seasons between 77 and 83, Nenemansky is the best player in terms of goals. He was first in goals and first in goals per game. He's third in assists and points. He's first in offensive point shares. He's third in point shares. He's last in plus minus. Those players were like, um, they were not stars, <laughs> any of yeah. them, uh, yeah. because like the qualifier was really specific, right? Over 30 and 400 games over yeah. the age of 30. That's a lot. So it was, yeah. I think maybe 
Busick? No, no, no. Busick was too old. Um, anyway, the fact is, it wasn't. Oh no, it was like Walt Kachuk or somebody like that. Um, but Walt Kachuk, I believe it's pronounced. Kate, yeah. Because uh, that's what that's when uh, when uh, Keith Kachuk came in. My parents and I think anybody that age kept pronouncing it Taychuk. Yeah, um, including Don Cherry. Yeah. Including Don Cherry, exactly. Yeah, that's I kept he kept saying that, and I'm like, isn't it Kachuk? My parents are like, no, it's Taychuk. I'm like, really? And they're like, I mean, well, yeah, there was Walt Taychuk. Aren't they related? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> also, I mean, it's also Dwayne Wade and Brett Favre. Uh, I mean, like, it's not it's not spelled Taychuk. I, I can guarantee you that. Um, whether or not it's pronounced Taychuk is another story. It is yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. not spelled Taychuk. Um, anyway, uh, so I, whoever it was, they were all old guys. So it's no surprise that Anamansky, who uh, is, it was better than most of them, at least yes. goals wise. Um, his 80, 80 game average is 53 uh, points minus 18 for his NHL career. So that is not yeah, good. Man. That is really not good. Yeah, and a three-year peak is is better. It's sixty-three games minus thirteen, or sixty-three points minus thirteen. So, oh, 61 points. Jesus. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I cannot read. It, it's I can't talk and I can't read. Um, so you know, uh, sixty-one points is still not what we would call a Hall of Fame worthy. No. Nor is minus thirteen, but sixty-one points is definitely better than fifty-three. Um, However, keep in mind he was in his uh, mid to late 30s. So, um, his playoff numbers, once again, actually his playoff numbers are, are aside from the minus, are actually quite good. Uh, eight points in seven <laughs> games, but minus five. So bad. Yeah, and uh, and like Nelson, he is super hurt by uh, by adjusting for era. If you adjust for era. His uh, his 82 game average drops to 44 points. Man. So we're starting to get the sense that the reason he is in the Hall of Fame has nothing to do with his NHL career. Can't right? Yeah, and, and keeping in mind once again that uh, he was also old, um, and presumably was better when he was younger. So he was traded twice, and he was waived while he was in the NHL. So he, first of all, he was very weirdly he was traded into the NHL by from the WHA, which is not something I knew was possible until I was researching this. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. So that that is very much like that was like how the old leagues operated, right? Like a lot of the guys we've talked about, the old timers, were traded like from the PCHA to the NHL or from the NHA yep. to the PCHA. I didn't know that happened between the WHA and the uh, NHL, but it did. Uh, so he was traded for. He was 33 years old. He was traded with a guy named Tim Sheehy for a guy named Steve Durbano and a Dave Hansen. And Steve Durbano and Dave, well, Dave Hansen was prospect age-ish. Steve Durbano was 25, and Tim Sheehy was 28. And they, uh, yeah, he was traded to the Red Wings. So Nenomansky was traded into the NHL from the Birmingham. Birmingham Bulls. I keep wanting to say Birmingham. Um, <laughs> and he was traded with, like I said before, Tim Shee, who I've never heard of, for like the rights to two NHL players, Steve Durano and Dave Hansen, whoever they were, and future considerations. But in addition, after that trade, which is already weird, there were some other weird shenanigans going on. So 
um, Nedimensky finished out his contract with the Red Wings, and he was signed by the Rangers at the beginning of the 82-83 season, um, like really like close to the beginning of the season, um, like September 30th. And this is this is the same Rangers team, of course, that Nilsson was on and Hedberg was on. So it was all WH, old WHA guys. Uh, but then, seven days later, they they waived him, and St. Louis claimed him. Oh, man. But this is where it gets really nuts. They then traded him back to the Rangers in January what? with a guy named Glenn Hanlon. I I remember Glenn Hanlon. Like, that's a name I, I recognize. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the name sort of rings a faint bell. He was scoring, he scored 22 goals in 1988. I'm and, sure I have one of his old hockey cards somewhere. Yeah, and Andre Dore. And and uh, it's just super weird because, like, he was the range, Like, he was, like, he was on the Rangers. Man. But then they they didn't let him play a game. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he had, like, you know, a not great start to the season with St. Louis. Uh, 11 points in 22 games minus 8. And the Rangers are like, we really got to get that guy back. He's 38 <laughs> at this point, too. He's 38. And and they, they get him back, and he actually has a better end of the year. 19 points in 34 games plus one. But the Rangers were also better than the Blues at this point, I think, probably. Yeah. Um, anyway, super strange ending. That was his last season in the league. Bonkers. I don't, who, I don't know what to make of those transactions. No idea. Me neither. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just... It's a weird period in the NHL because they're like the recent merger. They can't figure out who plays kind of like, you know, now guys like they're all drafted by their own teams. This is like there's here's an influx of guys. They're clearly good enough to play in the league. How much do you want them over the guys you currently have? Like, I actually don't know how good he is. Like, yeah. I have no frigging clue. Like, it's it must have been a very, very difficult adjustment where you're just like, let's base it on his stats in this other league. And he gets to the NHL. He's not as good or holy crap he's as, like even better than we thought he was going to be like how did they know yeah yeah so so now presumably ba- because of his nhl case we have to guess that his wha case is so good that uh that's why he's in maybe um so his wha he played four parts of four seasons because of course he was traded to the nhl in i forgot to mention in the middle of the wha season that trade <laughs> That makes it extra weird. Yeah, it it uh, um, it happened in November, um, so early on in the season, but still, who the hell knows what was going on there? Um, so his WHA numbers: two hundred fifty-three games in uh, points in two hundred fifty-two games minus seventeen. So, you know, point per game. But if we compare him to Nilsson, he's nowhere near on the level of you know. Wolf, I scored. What was it? Uh, what did you do? Uh, you know, four hundred and eighty-four points in three hundred games. Like, you know, they're not on the same page. Um, his his uh, Nedimansky is thirteenth all-time in goals per game, twenty-second all-time in points per game. He's not on the the leaderboard for assists per game in the WHA. His eighty-two game, his eighty-game average rather is eighty points minus five. So, you know, not one of the absolute most elite players in the WHA, right? He's uh, he's uh, he's good, but he's hardly like Nielsen's level. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so we didn't calculate his three-year peak because he was traded 12 years, uh, 12 games into his fourth season. Um, again, he doesn't compare favorably with Nelson when it comes to playoff numbers either. He only played in uh, six playoff games because he was on shittier teams, and he only scored four points. So, <laughs> man. Um, so maybe he was a maybe. There's some other reason. Um, so, so he also he was a star in the TCH, which apparently translates to the Czechoslovak First Ice Hockey League. I don't know. Yes. Um, he played 12 seasons, at least that we uh, and and I couldn't find the stats for his first season. However, he scored 534 points in 388 games. So that is such a big difference between him and Nilsson, right? Like Nilsson, we have like, he seems to have played like 90 games in the regular season and like 70 in the playoffs. And then like yeah. this guy played like four, uh, nearly 400 games in the regular season. Um, and he scored 500 points. Like he was just, he was an absolute star in the Slovak league. But who knows, you know, and there were guys who, he wasn't always the best player in the Slovak league. So that clearly like it was a high compared to the Swedish league. It was high scoring. And also they played way more. Um, yeah. Again, couldn't find where he ranks all time. Just like with Nilsson in the Swedish league, uh, the stats just don't seem to exist. I tried, I kept clicking on like all time stats for yeah. these guys on, on Euro hockey. And I would end up on a page that was like totally not the page I was looking for. So um, <laughs> I guess no one's like sat down and actually compiled everything. It was all in Cyrillic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all in Cyrillic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, he had a 44 game average of 61 points, which is pretty great, including 40 goals a season, a 40 goal season, a 44 game season. So that was very, very good. I did not calculate a three year peak because I was not doing that. The stats were really, you know, it's <laughs> one of those things where like it would say he's like the best. It would say three guys. The stats for like three players or something. Yeah. Like, Okay. Um, his playoff numbers, 29 points in 26 games. Very, very, very respectable. More than respectable. Um, his accomplishments. In the NHL, he managed to score 70 points twice. So if you're looking at Nenemansky from a total like points perspective, he does appear better than Nilsson, but Nilsson obviously had the way better rate stats than yeah. Nenemansky by a lot. Yeah. WHA... Um, Nedimansky was top five in goals once uh, and goals per game, but that's it. And he won the WHA equivalent of the Lady Bing once. Um, and then for the TCH, uh, he was, he led the league in goals probably at least seven times out of 12 years, which is pretty damn good. And uh, he was top five nine times out of 12 years at least. And same thing with points. He was, he led the league in points uh, seven times in top five at least nine times. I believe they didn't count assists for a substantial chunk of that, but I could be wrong. Uh, but he was basically, he was one of the best players in the league, if not the very, very, very best. He His, his dominance reminds me a little bit of Makarov in that like he was very clearly the best player in this league a yeah. lot of the time before he came over to North America. Whereas with Nelson, it's very not, it's not clear at all. Um, and then uh, for his great teams, he had no uh, team success in North America, but he had uh, lots of team success internationally. He was the best player on a uh, a Czech team that uh, 
won bronze in 72 back when he was supposed I don't know what the hell was going on there because he was in a pro league but I mean it's the communists right like they were always <laughs> yeah. doing that they, they, were, they were not they weren't pro no no they yeah. were yeah. amateurs who worked for the army yes it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't I didn't look up to see whether or not Nandamansky worked for the army but yes he, he somehow was Probably. allowed to compete in this this amateur only competition despite clearly playing in a pro hockey league yeah. Uh, and then also he was uh, one of the better, one of the top three forwards on a uh, Czech team that uh, won silver in 1968. So the Czechs were, um, you know, not surprising the Czechs were decent at hockey oh, back then when North America. hockey players. And to be honest, if if the old Czechoslovakia, like if the Czechs and the Slovaks were still a nation, they would have way more World Cups, Olympic gold, yeah. like, they have produced yeah. some formidable hockey players, and it always seems like you're like, yeah, like you look at their lineup and you're like, their first line is incredible, and their first two D are awesome, but they don't have anybody else. Like everybody yeah. that plays in their home country, like th- their NHL stars tend to be their five best players, and you're like, if they combine forces like the way they yeah. used to be, like all of a yeah. sudden you've got Jagger and Chara playing together on the same country. It's like, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> Like all of a sudden it becomes way scarier, right? Like so. Absolutely. Um, and uh, if you go back through hockey history, uh, there was a Canadian who went. Oh, I can't can't remember his name off the top of my head. I haven't seen this documentary in a long time. But in uh, uh, hockey, a people's history, uh, uh, they talked about a guy who went over to the to uh, Czechoslovakia in like the 1930s and started to teach them how to play hockey, sort of the Canadian way of like being more aggressive, moving the puck up. Like it's not a game for gentlemen and you're just going to hang around and pass the puck around. Like, it's, yeah. let's go. And so he started showing them, they learned his techniques and, and, uh, and developed a very strong hockey program. And then when the Russians sort of took over all of Eastern Europe after world war two, once they figured out that they wanted to be the, you know, like it's cold war, we need to be the best at everything. They're like, who's good at hockey? Czechoslovakians. Let's go learn from them. And within like 10 years, they were internationally dominant because they basically said, like, teach us to play hockey and then just got better at it because they're the Soviet Union. Right. Like, it's a really interesting sort of like like Canadians taught it to the Czechs. The Czechs were forced to teach to the Russians. And then the Russians became the world dominant power because they were playing all their best players against amateurs for many, many, many years. And obviously those players could very well have been the best players in the world, but we'll never know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the 73 Summit Series showed it. It's like, these like these guys are amateurs? No, they're not. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, you know, we just assumed we'd squash them and like, oh, crap. They are way more physically fit, and a lot of them are just as damn good as we are, and this is very scary. <laughs> yeah. um, especially because, you know, the Cold War was uh, such a heightened thing in those days. But, yeah. Um, but the, I, I would say, and, and the Czechs almost uh, in 76, the Czechs were the ones that were giving Canada fits uh, with Zazilla and that. So, I mean, like it's those two nations in, in terms of European skill at that time were like the ones who were able to challenge Canada. Um, and, and so speaking of that, yeah. they, he, Nedimansky had uh, a lot of international success at the world championships as well, including uh, winning a, like being the tournament all-star on a uh, world championship silver in 74 
and two bronzes in 69 and 70. So that's three separate tournament all-star awards, wow. which is definitely up there in terms of guys we've talked about in terms Absolutely. of their acknowledgement of the world championship. He was yeah, also, and the only reason he probably doesn't have a win is because the Russians won every single time. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and so then the other thing is he was clearly, by my calculation, the best player on a world championship uh, silver in 71, but for some reason didn't get the tournament all-star. Okay. Who knows? I don't, I don't know why someone else did. Um, yeah. You know, the tournament all-star team is like five people, right? So yeah. it could have just been, I don't remember that year, but it could have, like you said, it could just have all been Russians getting yeah. them. Because his team didn't win gold. And then, as well, on a bronze uh, medalist in 73 as well, he once again was the best player on his team by points. And then uh, he had two other uh, good teams when in 65 and 66, they they won silvers as well. And he was among the three best forwards on the team as well. Yeah. So he was an excellent, like you said, Bill, when, when the Czechs were really, the Czechs and Slovaks were really... Uh, you know, the second best international team because of the whole pros playing as amateur amateurs. Yeah. Uh, Nedomansky was the best one, basically, yeah. for a lot of that time. So yeah. um, that, I guess, could be a reason why he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's the Got reason it. he's in the Hall of Fame. But like that. So here's why I think he's in the Hall of Fame. I believe he's the first major uh, European player to come over to uh even though he went to the WHA because he was over before Nelson and Hebberg. Okay. So I think that's why. Really? Because that's, that's enough well, to get him in the Hall of Fame? Well, I ca- I can't come up with any other reason. Yeah. His NHL stats are worse than Nelson's? His WHA stats are worse than Nelson's? Yes, his T his his Czech his international career is better and his his Czech league stats are better, but how the hell do you compare the Czech league and the Swedish league? It's apples and oranges, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So the only thing I can think of is that he is the first... Because he's way older, right? Like, he's the yeah. thing is, he's way older than Nilsson. He's, uh, he was born in uh, in 44, and Nilsson was born, give me a second, in in 50. So not way, but six years, yeah. uh, which, which is in sports is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, the other thing is he, unlike Nilsson and Hedberg, he uh, he defected. Yeah. And he's, as far as I know, the first one who defected. So. So then maybe maybe that's sort of just like he's he broke sort of a barrier. Maybe that's why they. I, I think, but then the that brings us to the old timer question we're already having. Doesn't that mean he's a builder? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Because this is the thing I I can't get when I like. I was I found his induction fascinating because when I first heard about it I was like was Nedimansky really that good and the first thing I did was I looked at his NHL stats and I was like that's what I thought he was yeah. the best player on the bad Red Wings in the late seventies <laughs> like <laughs> okay and then I looked at his WHA stats and I thought well they're fine but then I was like well what about all the WHA players who are not in the Hall of Fame who have better stats than you know by my rough calculation there are twenty one of them. Right, because Nedimansky yeah. is twenty second, and and that doesn't even necessarily include uh, J.C. Tremblay, who uh, the the best defenseman in WHA history, probably, who who was also on the Habs and who was not in the Hall, who I don't think is he's probably not higher than Nedimansky in points per game, but um, the fact is, like his WHA numbers are like he's not even top twenty in points per game. Um, 
and and you know it looks like he was an absolutely dominant player in the Czech league and internationally but like there are lots of these guys you know there's there's Russians who would fit that bill there's who knows I mean I haven't gone through all the old the the world championships from back then but I'm sure we could find other people so the only thing I could think of is that they consider him a trailblazer for defecting and coming over. And that's the only thing. And, and, and so, you know, we had that conversation with Carboneau about does Carboneau set a dangerous president? Yeah. Uh, and I was sort of like dismissive of that. Like, well, he's got three selkies, you know, there, there's only so many people with three selkies. If, if Layden gets in, like, that's it. There's, they're all yeah. in except for Bergeron. And, and that's yeah, he's going in for sure. Yeah. Both of those guys are going in. But, like, this is totally different to me. Unless they, like, outright say the only reason he's in is because he's a trailblazer. I mean, you are opening the door for a lot of guys who have... Like, I don't see how Nilsson is not in if Nenemanski's in. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, do you sort of issue this, like, yeah, we're putting in WHA guys because it's time and they're getting older and we want to make sure they're 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 acknowledged while they're alive or is it like um or is it more like a hey listen um we know that these guys were great in you know areas that they played in um we know that this guy was important and we're just going to sort of like remember that he was good and that maybe he made a difference and it's like but what's the quality of competition and I feel like the NHL does this a lot, right? He's maybe the best Czech player from that era. And they're like, well, we put in Tretiak, we put in Makarov, we put in all these Russian guys who were also great in that era. So if he's the best Czech player, don't we sort of kind of owe it to Czechoslovakia to make sure that we put in their greatest player from that era? But let me me play devil's advocate to that. What's that? Let me play devil's advocate to that and say that, well, not maybe devil's advocate, advocate isn't the right term, but basically, like, Tretiak was considered by a lot of people to oh, possibly yeah. be the best goalie in the world for a while. Oh, absolutely. He was and Makarov, definitely. as yeah. much as you don't feel like he belongs in the Hall of Fame, many people, many people think he was the best player in the world outside of the NHL for a decade. Yes, and, and I, you know, you know what, I, I agree he was a fantastic player, but when we took that stand on that episode, I was sort of like, I, I almost wanted to take my preemptive stance of like, yeah, if most of what you accomplished was not in the NHL, you should probably not be in the Hall of Fame. However, the current Hall keeps doing this, so I have to say, based on their previous history. Yeah, I guess I'll let this but, guy slide in because they've opened up this like slippery slope when they let but, in guys like Tretiak and Makarov. And I, I don't understand why they would put them in the NHL Hall of Fame if it's the NH. They call it the Hockey Hall of Fame, but there's already an IHF Hockey Hall of Fame. So it's like, let that one be the Hockey Hall. Let this one be the NHL Hall. And if you yeah. need to sort of be like, if you were amazing in the WHA, we have to recognize that there was a competing league and you definitely could have played and been great in our league. We're going to sort of like wiggle you in there. But other than that, like it's, it's either builder status or you're amazing, but that's our ideal hall, right? See, I just, all they've created. I don't, I don't agree with that. Like I think the hockey, I'm fine with international players coming to the hockey hall of fame. If they played, you know, enough, 
if, if they're considered good enough. That that's not the point I was making. The point I was more making is like is that there's a lot of people out there who would argue that both of those guys that you brought up yeah. were among the best players in the world at their position. And, and they're they're clearly better than Nedimansky. That's not And that's that that's, that's my point, yeah. Nedimansky when was Nedabansky the best player in the world at his position or one of them? You know, like that's the thing. Maybe he wasn't because we don't know, but he was definitely the best check. So they're like, well, in he yeah. goes. Yeah. But then like like I agree, that's a slippery slope. And yeah. like then we got to induct the best Swede. And yeah. then what other countries do we start including? So then maybe and, we're maybe then we're letting in Hedberg and Nilsson, right? Like Yeah, so. but I think the thing is I think Hedberg as we will talk about when we get to Hedberg later, but I think Nilsson and Hedberg have better cases than he does. I think they do too, yeah. We completely agree. And 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 so that's why like it's just like what have they done? Yeah. You know, like unless they explicitly and I I don't know, I didn't read the announcement and I really doubt it because the NHL never says why they've done anything really. I mean, they oh, no. they yeah. say why they're inducting, but they don't actually say the reason is if they actually said like officially we chose this guy specifically because he is the first European Eastern European to defect. He opened the door. And as as I said before, that to me is a builder. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If at least they said that officially, you'd be like, okay, I can see why he's in. Then you can say, you didn't open the door to yeah. like the 21 WHA players who are better than him. Well, yeah. sorry, not sort of 19 because Gordy Hell and, and Bobby Hull are in there, but like yeah. the other guys. But like otherwise, we are talking about Nilsson, Hedberg, Bernier, Tardif, uh, Torek, Cloutier, um, like. I don't know, like a whole host of guys who were like stars in, uh, I'm sure I'm missing tons of them, but like, uh, guys who were, who were stars in the, the WHA who came in to the, uh, like Nenemansky managed, um, 0.66 points per game in the NHL in, in a very high scoring era. My guess is that a lot of those WHA guys managed better than that when they came in even though we think of all of their nhl careers as middling yeah because they they were in comparison to their wha numbers i i just i think this is a like unlike carbono who like i'm i'm you know as we talked about like i'm i'm as much as i wasn't 100 sure that he it, it's something they want to do i'm okay i don't think it's opening this door and creating a slippery slope i think that Amansky opens this create you know creates a slippery slope and i really don't know what's going on here like it seems like a weird decision and i think that i i fine with him in as a builder but personally i i i can't get him on board with him as a player unless they're willing to let in a whole bunch of other guys who they haven't put in yeah and i i would completely agree with that it's I feel like it's almost like since Pat Quinn passed, the the NHL Hall of Fame sort of doesn't know what it's doing. Maybe he was the guy who would just be like, shut up, he's not going in, and he would just slam the door on everything. Maybe they're just like, ah, yeah. all three guys argued for him. Nah, good enough, let him in. You know, like, it's to, to me, it should be so much more exclusive. Yeah. It should award excellence of like, yeah. Like, to, to me, it's like you, you ask someone the question. You're sitting around in a bar, this always happens. Like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Ray Bork, Hall of Famer or no? And you're just like, you immediately know the answer, right? It shouldn't be a hesitation. And to me, it's like we've gotten to the point where you have to sit around 
have like a four hour debate and go through all of his stats. And it's like, it shouldn't, if you don't immediately know he is, he shouldn't be in the hall. Like it's, it should be that elite of like this guy unquestionably, like literally no one could say this guy does not belong. Like his statistics across the board are so fantastic. He's clearly, his entire career was a top 10 player, not just at his position, but overall, like this guy was lights out good. So beyond that, like I, we have these silly debates and it's, it's tricky because hockey has so many nuanced positions where it's like, yeah, you were a number one center, but you were tasked with shutting down the other team because of the era you played in and you were actually the best at what you did. It's like, well, yeah, you should get in, but it's, it's more complicated than that, but it still should be like for elite like slam dunk there's no doubt you were the best at what you did you know like if you're going to talk about defensive centers now and you're like oh that guy was a good defensive center that guy was a good defensive center it's like this era defensive center you're like bergeron taves end of list is what it should be right like Good i'm there. a huge i'm a canucks fan i'm a huge ryan kessler fan he had so many injury problems and he only really came into his offensive years later on in his career doesn't belong doesn't belong in the hall of fame he's really good and I think at his peak, he was equivalent to a Jonathan Taves. Like, they basically canceled each other out in every single game they played against each other. But he didn't have the longevity. He didn't have the career that a Taves or a Bergeron had. And even though he may have been at certain periods of his career just as good of a player, he didn't do it for the long stretch that they did. So in an ideal Hall of Fame, he's not even getting a sniff. But, like, if we're letting in guys like Nedimansky and it's like, it's all circumstantial and how good were you and you got hurt. And then like, maybe somebody's going to make a case for him one day. And it's like, I don't think the hall of fame should have him in. And I, and I love the guy, like he played for my team, but just, you know, it should award excellence where you're, it's like, even like, I hate the Blackhawks and I hate the Bruins. I can't argue against either one of those guys. I hate both those teams. <laughs> I can't stand, them, but damn, they're good at hockey. Like you can't deny it. That's the kind of guy who should go into the hall where even fans of the opposing teams of their rivals have to begrudgingly say, yeah, that guy goes in the hall. Like, he's so good. Like, that's kind of what the Hall of Fame should be, right? Where it's just this yeah. ultimate respect, even from your rivals of, God damn, that guy was good. You know, Duncan Keith, uh, you know, like guys that I don't like. And I'm like, yeah, he probably belongs. Like, I have to admit it. He was a hell of a hockey player. You know, like, you just can't deny it, right? So, so I know that Nenemansky was old when he played in the NHL. Yes. Uh, he was in his, his mid to late thirties. And I know that point shares are flawed, but hockey reference does this thing where they do your comparables based on point shares. And they do it both like a, like a sort of like uh first few seasons or whatever. And then they do a career. So here, here are Nat top comparable players for his NHL career. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ab DeMarco. Never heard of him. Yeah. William Nylander. <laughs> Peter Pruka. Oh, I R- remember Peter Pruka. <laughs> Ray Cullen. Uh-huh. Sergei Kostitsin. Daniel Morois. Zdeno Seeger. Marek Svatos. Nils Ekman. And is it, I don't know how to pronounce Brock Boser or Bosser? Brock Besser. Besser. Okay. Yeah. And and obviously Besser's played 
not long and Nylander's played not long. Um, so like that is not a list of like no. people who are in the Hall of Fame. No, um, Daniel Sigger should not be your uh, should not be your gauge of whether or not someone gets in the yeah, Hall. But again, no, obviously Nemanski. That's later in Nemanski's career than those guys. But yeah, still. but I mean, still, like, if you don't come in as like an elder statesman of your event, because in those days, being a veteran was like, wow, you're so like, like you know the game and you know how to. It's like to me, it's like if you didn't come in and dominate for however long you're in the NHL and your best years may be well behind you, but like you got to come in and show more than that to me. Like it's just, I, I see less of a case for him than we did for Nilsson. And to yeah. me, Nilsson, Nilsson's a poor man's Craig Janney. And I think, I think we both erred on the side of maybe not putting Janney in, even though he was sort of like the poor man's Adam Oates. So we're like, yeah, yeah. maybe he doesn't belong. Like we were right on the, we were, I think we were yeah. right on the fence, but maybe. I, uh, maybe I believe we said no at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like barely, right? So yeah. if he's a poor man's Jenny, then it's an obvious no to me. Like, I don't care that he was the first check. Like, if you want to put him in as a builder, yeah, like, go for it. But I, so, so one other thing to say, like, this is what they've done. In 1980-81 for the Detroit Red Wings, when he was 36, he scored 32 points in 74 games. And, and take a wild guess what his minus was. Minus fifty nine. Not that bad. Okay. But minus thirty five. Pretty bad. He scored thirty two points. He was minus thirty five. I understand that this team was terrible. Who does he but think like, he is, Patrice, Patrice Brisebois? <laughs> but like, I mean, the team was awful, right? Like that was yeah. like they were they were all minus thirty five basically. Yeah. Like Reed Larson was also minus thirty five. But like. This is who they put in the Hall of Fame. And I understand that he was 36 and on a bad NHL team, and he couldn't choose the fact he was on that team. But, like, I just think that, like, you know, I'm much more open to players from other leagues being in the Hall than you are. But I think this guy is a step too far. And I, and I think, and my concern is, is that they never, the NHL is never clear on what the standard is. You know, like the standard is always shifting. Like you said, like, I don't know. I haven't looked at like the votes, like since what between before Pat Quinn died and after, but their standards are always shifting. You know, there's, yeah. there's sometimes someone makes sense and sometimes it doesn't. And, and to me, if you're arguing from, you know, I, I'm, and I don't, I don't agree with you about the, like, the, like, say it out loud hall of fame thing personally, but that's just, that's beside the point. I, I think you should make a case. But if you are going to make a case, you can use Nedomansky to make cases for a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, my my dog is super upset about it. He's <laughs> he's howling and scratching the door right now. He's As he so should. upset that Nedomansky is. As he should. Do you want me to so, get the cats down to also protest? <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I think we're both very very adamant that he doesn't belong. Uh, and and I would say that like. I, I, I don't think Nilsson belongs necessarily either, but I think that now that Nenomansky's in, he sure as hell does. Yeah, and, and like I said, it was like my whole, like, Adam Oates, Craig Janney, like, he, had he played his whole career in the NHL and put up those, like, the thing is with him, it's like maybe the injuries is what held him back, and he was just about to hit the NHL, be a point-of-game player for 
eight years and then he would have retired and been like, wow, yeah, that guy belongs. And it would have been a slam dunk. It's like, you can't tell as much, but to me, it's like, I don't think either one of them has a case. Yeah. That I that I'm even I, I would say if you buy me twelve beers maybe I'll listen but if if you're only buying me six I don't think I'm willing to listen. Um, yeah. It's but it's it's so hard with players of that era because we just didn't we don't have the footage we never watched them live we don't know how good they were maybe they were really good and there's an old WHA fan who's just yelling at his radio I'm assuming he's still listening to a radio. Um, uh, just like that guy was so good and he clearly had some some stats in the WHA that said like we know it wasn't as good as the NHL but like man he was one of the top players that's a more compelling case to me than this guy was good internationally yeah he's pretty good in the WHA he is okay in the NHL to me that's just like a you kept moving up leagues and your stats did not maintain yeah. Yeah. um and yes they were not his peak years and I'm sure Tons of it has to do with like the groundbreaking role that he played, but I I can't put that guy in the hall other than as a builder. And yeah. Nilsson, like you have to start putting in all the WHA guys and basically say we're acknowledging the WHA as like an equivalent league, so their stats basically count, and yeah. then you can make a case for him. But otherwise, I'm like yeah. it's close. I know he was good. I don't know how good he was, but I I'd rather put him in over Nedimansky. As a player, any day. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a no, but I, it's a it's a softer no for Nilsson. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, uh, and the one thing I will say for Nilsson is that if you are going to pick a, a WHA player to put in the Hall of Fame, you should put in the guy who is first all-time in points per game. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to pick one, aside from Bobby Hull and Gord- Gordie Howe, of course. Yes. Um, they already would have been no matter what. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. All right, so lastly, we have Ty Arbor who is not in the Hall of Fame, um, but who I wanted to talk about because of a a, a record he has, um, which we will get to. Um, so he played in the NHL, like many of the old-timers we have, he played in the NHL at the end of his career uh, from 26 to 31, five seasons, none of which he managed 0.5 points per game. Um, but as we've talked about many times, the end of the 20s was a low-scoring era in the NHL, so that is not really a surprise. He only scored 56 points in 207 games, so already you're probably wondering what the hell we're talking about him for. I will say that, like, Nenomansky's stats are equally unimpressive. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, um, he was over 30, just like Nenomansky, when he came in. So maybe, maybe what I'm saying is that Nenomansky is open to can of worms. And now Ty Arbor belongs. I don't know. Um, uh, seven seven players played uh, 176 games or four full seasons between 26 and 31 um, who were over 30. And among them, Arbor is second in basically every category behind the the legendary Bill Cook, who we are going to talk about in a subsequent episode when we get to him. Bill Cook was, you don't know, one of the best players in WCHL history and then unlike some of them entered the NHL and became one of the best players in the NHL um, for like five years or something, even though he was in his thirties. So the, the thing that's interesting about Arbor is that even though he's second in all these categories, he is so far behind Bill Cook. It's not even funny. So he's second (laughs) in goals, but he's over, he's nearly a hundred goals behind Bill Cook. He's second in in goals per game, but he's got one quarter of the goals per game. Cook. He's second in assists, but it's half of Bill Cook's. He's second in assists per game, but he's half 
assists per game than Bill Cook. He's second in points, but he's almost 130 points less than Bill Cook in this period. Wow. And it goes on like that, like second in points per game, but he's got a third of the points per game of Bill Cook. So um, though he was the second best of these players over 30 during this period, uh, he was nowhere near as good as Bill Cook, which... So it doesn't really endear Ty Arbor to us. It just says that Bill Cook was really, really good. And <laughs> somehow, even though he was old, he's one of the rare guys of that era, like Reg Noble and a few others who played into their 30s successfully. Yeah. Um, his 44-game average is a paltry 12 points. Uh, and his playoffs, uh, two points in 11 games. Now, the two points in 11 games isn't that bad because actually a lot of players didn't score yeah. a ton in the playoffs in the late 20s, um, but it is still not amazing. Um, like all late 20s players, his uh, his adjusted 82 game average is hysterical, but in this case, it's only hysterical because it makes him a point-per-game player. Is, <laughs> um, and we know they're super skewed, so it's funny to see how yeah. like what it does to a guy who is not uh, a star. Um, yeah. He was like like Nedimansky was traded in the NHL. He was traded into the NHL at age 30 um, when the WCHA was folding uh, for cash, uh, and then he was traded for future consider- considerations the next year, and then he was traded out of the NHL when he was 35. So, why the hell is he even being talked about? Well, he is as far as I can tell the all-time games played leader in WCHL history um, by three or four. Um, <laughs> no, but still. Well, only, like, it was it, only five seasons, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like... They, didn't, they didn't play that long, yeah. Uh, and in addition to that, he is sixth all-time in goals, he is eighth all-time in assists, and seventh all-time in points. So clearly he was not the best player because he's first all-time in games, but he's not first in anything else. Um, he's probably 11th all-time in goals per game, 14th in assists and points per game. 24 points in a 30-game season, uh, and then uh, one point in four playoff games. So, not the greatest WCHL numbers, but like he is—he's sort of like I guess the reason I wanted to talk about him is because this is what they're doing. If if they're inducting guys with like questionable like not even the best player in in the competitive league than guys like this i mean ty arbor was one of the best players in the wchl yeah you know he's he's not in the hall right now but like you could make a case i'm certainly not going to but you could make a case because of <laughs> natavansky's induction yeah that someone like this belongs mm-hmm. um he also uh like 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 um uh who did we talk about last week shorty green um or last episode rather it wasn't a week ago uh he he also weirdly didn't play pro until 21 or like into the 20s so he was playing amateur before that so he also uh he played in the mha uh which i can't remember i think that's the maritime hockey association um and he was a star in the mha and then before that i don't really have his stats um, but basically he, he had, he had one decent year in the NHL when he was in his thirties, but he had, you know, uh, he had two, at least two excellent years in the WCHL. Okay. Um, he was top five in goals multiple 
uh, once uh, top 10 twice and uh, assists top 10 twice and points top 10 twice. So, you know, he had two, two good seasons. Um, he also um, had some team success. He was actually uh, a top three. Despite not having great regular season numbers, he was top three forward on a uh, Blackhawks team that went to the quote-unquote conference finals, which is actually just the playoffs back then. <laughs> um, but he also was on the 31 Black Ops team that uh, that lost in the cup final. And then he also uh, he was on the uh, second last non-NHL Stanley Cup champion. Um, oh no, sorry, Stanley Cup runner-up. Okay, so that's why. I was confused for a second. Um, yeah. He was on the Eskimos when they uh, they went to the Stanley Cup final in 23 and also uh, the one that almost won the WCHL championship the year before. And he also was the best player on an Allen Cup winner. Um, the 21 Wheat Cities. I love that team name. That's a beauty. Yeah. And then he may have also challenged for the Allen Cup in 1919. But like, as we said last last episode the allen cup data is kind of really sparse and yeah it's a little difficult to track but like especially when you look at like you know his team success you could sort of you know we've talked about a lot of guys who whose stats are just like mildly better than tyler Evers. you know what i mean like especially the, the guys who excelled in another pro league and then got in the nhl and their career sort of went to off a cliff because they were in their like mid 30s yeah but to me, it seems like he never really excelled in one of the leagues. Like, he was never the top guy. He no, he was never the good. top guy in the WCHL. Yeah, he's just he was really just, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I don't actually, I don't think for a second he belongs. Um, but I do think it's interesting because, as I said, I think if you're inducting the 22nd best player in the w, in WHA history, what about the, uh, you know, what is he? Yeah. The... the uh, what about the 14th best player in WCHL history? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. It it, it uh, it's a dangerous precedent. Um, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I realized afterwards that we should have we should have talked about George Hay and Ty Arbor's place yeah. because George Hay was a a better WCHL player who is in the hall who arguably also doesn't have the greatest case in the world. But we will get maybe we'll talk about it when we talk about Hedberg. There you uh-huh. go. That's uh, yeah. we're, we're we're getting that whole episode together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah. I don't think George Hay had the greatest NHL career either. Um, so there's always these. There's so many of them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting because, as we talked about many times with the old timers, it's sort of, it feels very arbitrary sometimes. But you know, sometimes it's really clear, right? Like, yeah. there are guys uh, who are just absolutely locks from these yeah. who, who played much of their careers in, in these other early leagues. But then there's right. guys like yeah. Ty Arbor who are like, you know, you, you just, you don't, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like he has a very good case, but he has, no. a, he has a case because he was yeah. a star of another league and yeah. he did, he, you know, he has won something. It's an amateur championship, but, yeah, in those days there there were a lot of amateurs. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, but I think I don't know. It's a I, I feel like he fits in well with the other two guys. Where we're like, yeah, you can talk about him, but man, yeah. it's like 
Like you, you are, you are pulling at straws to try to put the guy in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would even say that with Nedimansky who did get in. So. Um, well, that's, that's sort of why I brought up Arbor. It's just cause yeah. it's like, here's a guy who doesn't belong, but now I feel like you can make more of a case. Yeah. It's uh, you know what? I think this is our first uh, no, no, no episode. It is our first no, no, no episode. And I, you know, I was wondering how long it would take for us to get to one of those, but uh, well, it's, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll just, I guess, just sum up. Uh, so Nilsson. No. Nope. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Nanomansky. No. <laughs> exactly. And then Arbor. No. no. Yeah. And I, I I think Nilsson's the softest no. <laughs> That's the way that would be. Uh, yeah, if I had if you put a gun to my head and said one of these guys belongs in the Hall of Fame, it would not be the guy who's currently in the Hall of Fame. No, it would exactly. be the other guy. Yeah. yeah. Agree. And yeah. I'm, you know, maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's some Czechoslovakian listeners out there. I highly doubt it, but you never know. Um uh, but or or you know, people who you know, uh either Czech or Slovak now who remember their father talking about this guy all the time and they might have some compelling information. But I, I don't know, like I, I need to see some evidence or hear something about yeah. him. And, and, and maybe they would just be like, look, look what he did for us. It's like, yeah, he 100% is a builder. I have no issue with it. I think he actually should be in. He probably should have been in before this if he's really the first guy to come over. Yeah. But like as a player, like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a real stretch. Like it's pretty tough. The only thing I think someone could say to me to change my mind... Again, I'm with you with the builder thing. I think he belongs as a builder if he was the first one. Um, the only thing that changed my mind with a hockey case is someone figures out that the Czech League was actually like somehow super elite and like the second best league in the world at the time. And then yeah. I might be like, well, okay. And that's it different. may have been, who knows, right? Like, yeah, but I don't know that, and I don't know how we'd figure that out. Yeah. How do you figure that out, right? Because you can't. He's the only guy who came over. Yeah. How do you yeah. How do you compare them? You know. Yeah. So. All right. That's that's all for us this episode. Um. And uh, I believe uh next time you hear from us we will be beginning our uh our special series. Yes, we will. Oh, so look forward to that. So uh, yeah, thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care.